Welcome to the program on this Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us on SEN 1170am in Sydney, wherever you've got us on the SEN app, 0457 736 736. Let's get those texts going this morning and plenty of time for your calls because we've got a lot to talk about on 1300 01 1170. We like to make sense of the world of sport on this program as much as we can. We try and arm you with as many facts as we can and opinions and news and interviews and then we get your input as well. And today it appears as though we've got more questions than answers on a number of fronts in the sporting world. So I want you to help us find some of those answers across rugby league, across cricket, perhaps across tennis and a little bit more as well. Not all of it is hardcore. Um, some of it is the lighter side of sport and we'll have a bit of fun along the way with some great guests as well, including Josh Philippi from the Sydney Sixers as we head towards the BBL final tomorrow at the SCG. I'll be calling that right here on SEN. Cannot wait. The weather looks good, although it's been raining this morning early in Sydney, but the forecast is looking OK. And the matchup now between the Sixers and the Heat is mouth-watering. We'll get to all that in just a second. But more questions than answers this morning. So let's go in search of some of these answers and help me. Because in rugby league, it appears as though they're ready to call in Mr Fix-It again. Peter Volandis may well have to become Ambassador Volandis. As the four NRL clubs heading over to the USA have now raised concerns about visas, training facilities, medical coverage, the lot. This has been on the radar for a year and there's been a heck of a lot of work done behind the scenes, as you can imagine. But we're 40 days out from the start of the season and now they're saying we need PVL in the room, which is a damn good way to put it, because he gets things done. But it definitely raises more questions than answers. Andrew Webster has the story in the Sydney Morning Herald. I'll read what he has written this morning and then pose some questions to you and perhaps you've got some of the answers. In cricket, outside of Sandpapergate, do you reckon there's been a bigger day of drama in Australian cricket across the board than yesterday? Summarise this. Check this out. This all happened yesterday. While we're on air, they announced the ODI squad and they included Xavier Bartlett and Jake Fraser-McGurk. In the press release, which I read out to you yesterday on this program, there was the, the, the mention that Glenn Maxwell won't be there, that they were going to manage him out through this ODI series against the West Indies. So that happened. But then it emerges that he was hospitalised after seeing the band Six and Out in Adelaide. And then all the drama flows out of that. Meanwhile, Usman Khawaja gets cleared to play the second test after copping the knock in the first test. Travis Head picks up COVID. Will Pekofsky gets hit playing for the Victorian second 11 in Adelaide. He's cleared on the field. Then he feels dizzy. Then he goes off. Then he comes back on. He ends up with a score of 89. Remember Will Pekofsky? He's a very, very important part of the Australian cricket conversation. And then we finish it off with the Brisbane Heat's Josh Brown going ballistic at Carrara Stadium last night in the BBL Challenger with an innings for the ages. He hit the most sixes in a BBL innings on his way to an incredible 140. In the end, I reckon fatigue got him. and I mean, he was sweating, not bullets, buckets by the end of it, but it was an extraordinary performance. And it's all been backed up this morning by 
a fairly lame performance, I've got to say, from Cricket Australia CEO Nick Hockley around this whole Australia Day scenario. It's been a huge 24 hours of drama in cricket in this country. And we'll get to that in just a sec as well. And then we've got tennis. Have Australian Open organisers missed a trick, you reckon, by scheduling Novak Djokovic against Taylor Fritz today in the afternoon, ahead of the primetime match later on this evening? Rublev versus Sinner will be the second match on centre court tonight, which means for the second match in a row, Novak Djokovic, the number one draw card, will be part of the afternoon schedule. As I mentioned, Sinner v Rublev, the second match on RLA. So we'll run you through the reasons why, or per perhaps you might get to the end of those reasons and go, you know what, this is playing perfectly to Novak Djokovic in particular. If you have any of the answers, let us know. I've got a prize this morning. The old Signet Boost Power Bank is back, valued at $44.95. It'll keep your phone, tablet, earbuds powered 24-7-0457-736-736 is the text line or one 1170 Scotty Bailey from AAP Sport. Be good to catch up with him for the first time this year. Brett Phillips will dive a bit deeper into what's been happening on court at the Australian Open. And as I mentioned, Josh Philippi from the Sydney Sixers, my special guest a little bit later on this afternoon. Now, the NRL and the clubs that are heading over to the US calling this urgent meeting with Peter Volandis, as reported by Andrew Webster. So we've got Manly, Brisbane, South Sydney and the Roosters leaving for the US in less than a month. And those matches at Allegiant Stadium on March the 2nd over there beamed into us for the first weekend. Yet, as Webby reports, the four clubs are frustrated with head office about the lack of information concerning visas, medical insurance, training venues and rising costs. They wrote to the NRL boss, Andrew Abdo, on December 16, asking for a meeting to resolve the issues. At the time, Andrew Abdo was over in the US as part of the promotional push. That was December 16. It's now January 23. They've been frustrated by a lack of urgency and they've now insisted the clubs have insisted that Peter Volandis attend the meeting. Call in Mr Fixit. And as Webby reports, the situation reached boiling point on Friday when the NRL's advice about visas dramatically changed. And this is the key here. So for months, the NRL have been telling clubs that players can travel to the US on an ESTA, which essentially waives the traveller from needing a visa. Now, anybody who's been to the States, and especially in the last 10, 12 years, after what occurred over there, 9-11 in particular, know just how difficult it is to get in and out of the States, into the States. The Broncos were doing their own thing because they've been asking about answers to this since October. Then on Friday, the NRL tells the clubs there are three options now and they're graded in relation to how easy it can be to enter the US. So you can get an athlete's visa, you can get a visitor's visa, or you can get an ESTA. And that's rated on how conservative it is to get on in. And also, it warned the players who had been previously arrested by police here in Australia could face challenges getting into the US. That part to me, I, I don't know if it would surprise anybody, but it sure as heck shouldn't surprise professionals at the NRL and clubs and players because that's been there for a long time. 
if you have any sort of criminal charge against you in Australia and you try and get into the US, you're going to have to ask, answer questions. It's just that simple. Blake Solly's been very outspoken on this, the South Sydney Chief Executive, pointing out to Webby in his article that the four clubs are completely supportive. They all are. They're all behind this. They're ready to rumble and they want the issues solved and they know how big it is. But asked why the clubs had insisted Volandis take a more hands-on approach, Blake Solly said, as we get closer to the match, we felt the preparation needed Peter's energy and unique ability to get things done. Call in Mr Fix-It. Remember when the RLPA and the NRL were going at loggerheads all year last year? We knew as soon as we found out that Peter Volandis was going to be in the room that Mr Fix-It would do that. And it's kind of how it turned out. But I've got to say, you wonder if that's a ringing endorsement of Andrew Abdo and his process in all of this. Now, I'm not speaking on behalf of the clubs and I don't know how all of that has panned out. But Blake Solly said it needs Peter's energy and his unique ability to get things done. So these are questions that surely should have had answers long before January 23, especially when they've been asking for them for a long, long time. So why did it get to this stage? Does it have the potential to derail a couple of players, for instance, make it difficult? What if they need to all of a sudden turn around and find replacement players for injury? Adam Reynolds went down yesterday at training. What if they all of a sudden have to scramble to try and find somebody else? These are all the, the questions that should be answers, answered anyway, and they shouldn't need a Mr Fix-It in there. And then there's the issue of ticket sales. Only 21,000 tickets have been sold. It holds 65,000, I think, around 60,000 Allegiant Stadium. They're going to have to call on Mr Fix-It. They're about to do another push, but they're going to have to call on Mr Fix-It again for that one. It's really interesting, and I reckon there are more questions than answers on that front, and it seems to me as though the NRL have got sick of going around in circle. The NRL clubs have got sick of going around in circles and they want direct answers and they think that Peter Volandis can give them those answers. 0457 736 736 is the text line on that one. Cricket, Glenn Maxwell, hospitalised. Right, a couple of things in this one. So this happened last Friday. Goes out to the pub, watches six and out. Brett Lee and the guys, um, no dramas about that. However, he fell and lost consciousness and an ambulance was called. This was all reported yesterday afternoon as I was going home, actually. Before that, Cricket Australia had put out a press release saying that they'd rested Maxwell from the ODI squad that'll play the three matches against the West Indies early next month. Then we get this news, then Cricket Australia have to come back out and say it's aware of that incident, but it had nothing to do with the selection change. It said Maxwell was cleared and discharged a few hours after entering hospital. We went there, don't know, somebody will get to the bottom of it. And Glenn Maxwell's been in the news along, you know, these kind of roads for a while, off the back of the golf cart, broke the leg, all that kind of stuff. So the statement said it's not related to him being replaced in the one-day squad, a decision that was purely based on workload management following the BBL and he'll return for the 2020 series. But you've got to wonder where the communication is at Cricket Australia at the moment because they missed a beat on that one. They would have known and they did know about Maxwell hitting the deck at Adelaide and needing to go to hospital 
and they would have known that that story was going to come out. If they didn't think it was going to come out, then they're just not even in the game. So the communication could have been much better, no doubt about it. And they could have solved or saved themselves some fairly sizable headaches by getting in front of that one. Talking of getting in front of things, they've been behind the eight ball on this Australia Day scenario since the get-go. And we discussed it yesterday and we discussed the pros and cons of all of this. They schedule a match that includes Australia Day, yet they won't want to reference Australia Day. I'm okay with the fact that they're going to say that it means different things to different people. Now, had they come out and just said that straight up and been on the front foot with, with all of this, or perhaps thought about this when they decided to schedule a match that included Australia Day in it, then perhaps they could have thought that one through a little bit better. Nick Hockley was on radio this morning here in Sydney on 2GB and I've got to say he tied himself up in knots when being given a hammering about this issue. We haven't made any announcements uh, this year and our approach on Friday is completely consistent with what it's been um, for the last four or five years. And look, we appreciate that um, many Australians celebrate Australia Day and absolutely love watching the, the cricket on, on, on that day. And you know, it's been a really full, it's been a fantastic summer of cricket, a very busy schedule. But the fact that we're scheduling test cricket um, uh, over the long weekend is, is absolutely reflect, reflective of that. We are also conscious that, that others, including... You know, some of our elite female and male players, uh, particularly with those with Indigenous backgrounds, you know, it's, a, it's a difficult day for them. So um, what we are uh, trying to do, and what we've done over the last four or five years is, is really to be respectful for everyone and make sure everybody feels you know, absolutely welcome. And, and we just want everyone to come along. And, uh, we're recognising that the, the public holiday is, is a, a fantastic day for everyone to come and in, enjoy cricket. Um, yeah, again, let's 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 remember all we all we we're not we're not in any way boycotting Australia Day. We want to play cricket on on Australia Day. Uh, we're just mindful that um, in our communication materials, and it's that that simple. It means different things uh, to different people, and we're, we're respectful, and we just want everyone to feel welcome. Actually, it is that simple. He's right on that front. But the delivery of it is awful. I mean, it's just tripping over themselves left, right and centre and creating fires that shouldn't need to be there. Yes, Australia Day is very important to some people in this country, a lot of people in this country, and yes, it is very sensitive to a lot of other people in this country, a lot of people in this country. Now, Cricket Australia are trying to have an each-way bet here and that's why they're getting themselves tied up in not more questions than answers on that one. Meanwhile, the BBL rockets into the finals tomorrow and the Brisbane Heat just did it spectacularly. Although Josh Brown, you wonder if he's 140 or 57. If he doesn't do that, are the Heat there tomorrow night? Did you watch it last night? A record 12 sixes in his innings. The boys on Fox Sports that I watched yesterday, last night, were all over it. Howie, Gilly and Junior in the commentary were just going as off as Josh Brown was on the bowling. It was a clear and present danger for the Adelaide strikers and their spinners. The spinners that have been delivering and delivering and delivering and the heat went, you know what, we're going to take him down. And Josh Brown, you're the man to do it. And he did that uh, just on the most amazing level. 
I mean, honestly, that 140 off 57 last night with the 12 sixes was absolutely terrific. Nathan McSweeney ended up with 33 off 29 and three for three off uh, off next to no balls at all. I mean, his performance was outstanding. So the BBL final will be tomorrow night. The Sixers v the Heat um, starting at 7.15 at the SCG. Our coverage starts at 7 o'clock and uh, looking forward to that. And I'll play you some audio from last night. As I mentioned, uh, Usman Kawaja cleared to play for the second test. Travis Head's got COVID, but they'll manage that with the protocols and they've been there before, so he'll be okay. And the Australian Open, we've got quarterfinals getting underway today so after the break i'll run you through the scheduling of that and the reasons possibly behind why novak djokovic will again play in the afternoon he won't if he continues to make it through for the rest because semis and then the final will be night time so this will be his last afternoon match but we've got the number one player 10 time champion playing in the afternoon and then we've got yannick in a 4v5 against andre rublev which is a big matchup in the primetime match later on tonight after the women's quarterfinal, which will feature the defending champion, Arena Sabalenka. So we're in search of answers today, folks. Come along and help me. one 1170 is the open line or 0457 736 736 on our text line.